welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. Yeah, I'm of course your host, Mark Krishnez. And today I've got quite a few games to talk about, including Dredge, God of Rock, Recall, and Tin Hearts. But before I get to all that, I want to talk about the site and YouTube and all that jazz because I've been thinking more and more about what I have in store for the future. And I have a lot of ideas percolating in my brain. Things that may not come to fruition in the immediate future, but ideas in how things might change and adapt as time is freed up as cushions are built, and so on and so forth. La da 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 da. So, first and foremost, actually, I have no idea what is ultimately foremost, but what I'm going to talk about first is this here podcast. I think I will. And by think, I mean I am about 90% sure that I will be when this change will happen. I'm not sure. Could be very, very soon. Could still be a few weeks to a month off or longer. Who friggin' knows? But I do plan on bringing this show back to its weekly release. Or returning to his weekly... It started off... So, whatever. It started off twice a week. Then it went to weekly. And then it came back to twice a week. And it's been this way for a while. But that does mean it takes up a decent amount of time every week. This show by itself. The reason why it became bi-weekly was because it's on the easier side to produce... It allowed me to catch up with some coverage and it was just easy enough and something I could reliably and consistently do. However, now that I'm feeling optimistic about the future, I have ideas about how to produce more content, vary the content, change up content, etc., this show being bi-weekly makes less and less sense. So at some point, this will return to being a weekly show. That will also change its regular release date to probably Thursday. I would like to have it somewhere in the middle because I'd like to have a nice drip of content. So, of course, Attack the Backlog will still remain a Sunday show. This will presumably fall in the middle, right around Thursdays. And then, whenever I get around to bringing back on Amazingly Baka, I still want to release that on Mondays. Why Dealy? <laughs> Why Dealy? Weekly. But Monday is solely for the dumb joke that is, to me, 
on Amazingly Baca, releasing on a Monday. On a main day? You get it? On a May, on a Monday? But I want to bring that back sometime soon because... I want to talk about anime, and I just can't bring myself to talk about it here. Except I'll say, Trigun Stampede, fantastic, fantastic show. The first season, great. 10 out of 10. I've started, finally, Chainsaw Man. That's kind of underwhelming, but not entirely so because it is basically what I expected it to be, which is just style over substance. I don't really care all that much about the story or any of that going ons. Don't really care that much about the characters either. They haven't done a lot of development in that department. And it's just, hey, isn't this this cool? Or isn't this funny? And it's it's fine. But not wowing me in any particular way. Even animation-wise. It's an upper tier show, art and animation wise, but it's not, it's not reaching the heights of something like, what's the Demon Slayer? I fucking could not remember the name. I was thinking Mugen, the, that, that's the one arc, uh, but it's not at its best, not reaching the heights of that or Jujutsu Kaisen or even Maybe in this last one there were some nice moments. But One Piece One Piece has been an incredibly frustrating experience these past few months and change because I'm presuming this is how the movies look. Having not have I not watched a single One Piece movie? I keep buying them and I there's just, I you know the fucking show took a lot out of it. The show takes a lot. I can't be, I can't be expected to watch the movies too. I'll just buy them and support them. But I'm presuming the movies have this level of animation throughout. The the TV show, the anime, the series has these moments of incredible animation and. This beautiful aesthetic is very sketcher. Ske- yeah, it's very sketchers. Gotta love them shoes. Uh, very sketchy style going on. And I love those. I'm blown away when I see some of those. Because I just... I don't expect One Piece to look that good. But they're, they're little nuggets in what is still an overall pretty basic show animation wise because of the fact that it's this ongoing long running weekly with occasional breaks show so they don't have the the time to put as much into it as other shows but that's enough that's already way too much anime for this podcast so I want to bring Amazingly Bach back I would Assume that when it's ready to return, it'll be sort of a this is this is a little weekly catch up, and here is the main topic of the episode, and shoot for a half hour or so 
per episode. And then with Attack the Backlog, I th- I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast or not. Eh? I, I had some private Patreon streams where I talked about it. And everything is becoming a blur. So I may be reiterating myself. It's just saying what I said last episode, regurgitating all that shit. But the the plan with Attack the Backlog moving forward, going forward, is to focus on lesser known games. I am not going to, except for maybe anniversary episodes, so 150, 200, 250, stuff like that, maybe I'll step back into the AAA space. But from this point on, I'm not going to cover any big games because one I find those to the and the bigger the the worser <laughs> they come with a lot of pressure in in trying to think of what I can add to that conversation what can I add to the discourse about say the last of us part 2 that hasn't already been said a million times before that hasn't been done better, more in depth. And so it becomes a stressful thing. And a lot of these AAA games, the ones that I am interested in at least, they're very time consuming, which then I think about all the footage I'll be capturing and going through all that to find the right stuff for the episodes to go along with the script and ugh, it becomes stressful just thinking about working on those episodes that I don't want to even start and it becomes this weird loop of not doing anything because just thinking about it is driving me crazy But at the same time, I think in focusing on smaller games, I'm able to, sure, there's going to be a lot of crap in there. There's going to be a lot of meh games, average games. But there will also be those diamond in the roughs. Those diamonds in the rough, not diamond in the roughs. Jesus. Uh, There will be those games that surprise you. Those games you never heard of that provide you with an incredible and memorable experience like Clone Drone in the Danger Zone or something that is surprisingly adequate and enjoyable for what it is like the Smurfs game uh, recently or the Jumanji game and other indie games that may get some coverage or may get very little And it's nice to shine a light on those games, whether they end up being good, bad, or just okay. I think there's there's more of a benefit for everyone to focus on the games that don't get focused on all that much. Do I really need to tell you what I think about The Last of Us Part 2? You might like to know, but Wouldn't it be more valuable to hear about something that may have slipped your radar that 
could potentially be something you love. So that that is the, the plan for Attack the Backlog moving forward to focus solely on smaller games. The, the one caveat or, or uh, wiggle room or up in the air question is that double A-ish space. So games like Asura's Wrath and there was some other one. Uh, Balan's Wonderland? Is that what it's called? But games like that that aren't exactly the top of the top of the tier, but people people know about them. But then how much have they been covered? Were they just covered by more of the enthusiast side of things? Though Those games, I think, would still fall or could fall in the attack the backlog space, but I don't know. We'll see, we'll see. And then with second runs, I think I might transform that show into more of a quick look type of thing where I'll be playing games for second runs and I won't be capturing or doing any kind of the normal stuff to craft a scripted episode. And we'll set, uh, instead, when I feel like I've played enough of it or I'm finished it and I'm mopping things up or whenever I, I deem the time is right, I just do a type of quick look thing where I'm playing the game and talking about it in a more casual format. A, a free-flowing, unscripted, unedited, because it will have the video to go along with it, so I, I can't micromanage it. Like it. It keeps me from getting too in the weeds editing the audio for that show, even if it is unscripted. I can, I can still... If something's unscripted and I'm still editing the audio, it's even worse because there, there are going to be way more edits. Unless it is going along with the video where I can't have a bunch of micro cuts in the video. It's going to be super choppy and disorientating. And you're not going to like it. So that, that one new format forces me to not spend too much time in the weeds editing this, that, and, and whatnot. But I also think for games I've already beaten and I'm returning to, that kind of format makes a lot of sense and would probably end up being more enjoyable. So that is the idea for second runs. Then, with streaming, that is where the AAA games come into play. I figured, again, a lot of this is all prefaced on when I get a decent enough cushion with Attack the Backlog. So I, I would say four minimum episodes in the can, two months worth. But which shouldn't be as hard with the, the changes I'm making. But with streaming and AAA games that I want to play for, for my backlog, but I'm not going to be covering for Attack the Backlog, I can now play those on stream and not have to, when streaming, worry about being distracted by chat or, or anything because I'm just playing them for me and for you while streaming. And there, I, th I think that the, the AAA games, the bigger games, they also kind of make more sense to be streamed and people would 
still enjoy consuming those when being streamed. And you're more likely to be discovered organically when streaming those as opposed to smaller games that people aren't even potentially looking for. And with that, I have the perfect name for that, which is a playoff of Attack the Backlog, and it's simply Streaming the Backlog. And that is going to be where the AAA games fall. So stuff like... And, and it's great, too, because these bigger, meteor games feel at home there. So uh, I, I, I've been wanting to, for such a long time, go back and play through The Witcher 3 or many Assassin's Creed game going as far back as Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, Cyberpunk, The Last of Us Part 2. So many games that are enormous. The Yakuza games. I haven't played a Yakuza game in forever since Kiwami 1 two years ago or some shit. I'm so behind. I don't want to be behind anymore. And I, I want to be able to... Like, I'm excited about the prospect of playing games for me. And again, all of this is reliant on me getting that cushion up and running. Once that happens, so many more bricks can fall into place, whatever the fucking phrase is. So I'm excited. Uh, I, I think that sums everything up pretty much. There's room for other shows and ideas and, and also with the AAA games or, or games in general I wouldn't mind just having one-off videos maybe with uh, I, I propose this as an example though I'm not saying I would have a great a lot a great amount to say about this or that this would make for a good video but with the last it was the first one not having an attack the backlog episode about it but maybe an episode where I focus solely on how the bricks and bottles in a game that you use for distractions or for takedowns, how they ruin the game by taking you out of the experience by breaking the immersion since every time you enter a space and see bottles and bricks scattered throughout it, even if you aren't immediately met with uh, an encounter where you're going to have to fight enemies of some sort, you know that you will be back in that space. You're going to have to go return and walk through it or whatever. If, if, uh, if a space is littered with that shit, you know a fight is going to take place there at some point or another. It might be happening within seconds or uh, in the immediate near future and knowing that for me it, it did with uh, when I played the game it did take me out because I always knew okay well this seems like a moment that doesn't need to have an encounter but there are bricks and fucking bottles everywhere so some shit's gonna happen here at some point and I um, when's it gonna happen when's it gonna happen and when I would hit those those spaces, I would just be waiting for the dust to settle and the, the encounter to happen. So stuff like that, potentially, as, as a hypothetical. But I think that uh, 
sums everything up. Spent a fair amount of time talking about all that, so let's let's get on to what I've been playing and all that jazz. So, Dredge is a game that was talked about quite a bit when it originally came out. I've had a code for for a while, and I just got around to redeeming it and checking it out now. It's it's a very calming, relaxing game. If you don't know what Dredge is all about, it's a fishing game with heavy Lovecraftian overtones, undertones, death tones in it uh, that are guiding the story and plaguing the world at night in particular. But at its core, it is just a fishing game where you are going around on your boat, fishing, then coming back to the the town to sell your fish, to upgrade your ship, and maybe sell some trinkets, go on a few missions, collecting fish, uh, specific types of fish for people, searching shipwrecks for artifacts or... or, or not souvenirs, but uh, relic, relics. Uh, looking for things for people who are, are are seeking answers regarding friends, family, former crewmates, etc. And it's all very pleasant and relaxing. The art is is nice, and the the story is decent with. Solid writing that my uh, highest compliment I can give it is, for the most part, uh, and maybe not at all. I I don't know if I ever did skip any. I I didn't skip much of this. I read the text that was in front of me. Every bit of dialogue, every encounter, every little story. The the one stuff, uh, the bit of story, bit of flavor text I did not read was the, the two messages in a bottle I collected that have little notes on them. That That is expanding the, the lore of the world a bit, but I, I didn't care enough to read those. The problem with the game, though, is that, and it's a bit of a dual-edged sword, it is very relaxing and calming, and I, I find it quite pleasant to just go around fishing at various fishing holes. You'll, you'll see a, a little pocket of fish bubbling uh, on the surface knowing that that is the space you can fish at so you go there you press and i'm playing on xbox you press the a button to initiate the fishing and then the little fishing mini game is a radio menu a radio menu comes up and you have to press the x button when the cursor is within a very small space a designated space and that's it there are also dredges, uh, hence the title, uh, where you dredge up various uh, resources for improving your ship or completing missions as well. So you can collect ships through dredging or resources like wooden planks, uh, scrap metal, cloth, uh, etc. And that is a similar radio menu type minigame 
but instead of pressing a button corresponding to when your your cursor is in a designated space, you instead have two little paths along this this radio menu, and you press a button to jump between the two to avoid the obstacles as they're coming at you, speeding up uh, the longer you're you're working on uh, collecting the resources. And that's it, which is a bit of a problem in that it gets repetitive pretty fucking fast. And that lack of variety can get tiring. That lack of variety helps in keeping it a relaxing experience and making it quite the mindless experience, something that is very good as a podcast game. Or, or anything where you don't have to use your complete brain. You can turn off a chunk of your brain. Or you, it's something that you can do while doing something else. But the fact that... And maybe things change up. Or, or change later in the game. I've played it for about four hours at this point. And no changes happen. I've collected, discovered whatever almost or maybe at this point 20 or a little over 20 of the fish in the game and, and I believe in the the encyclopedia there are 64 total species in the game but it's always the same fishing mechanic the only time it it differed was with one fish instead of it being the radio menu it would it would be two sort of little curves and you when you hit the button in the designated space in one curve, it would then transition the cursor to the other curve and so on. It was just sort of like a broken circle as opposed to a a solid radio menu. But the fact that there's no difference, so this is with the Lovecraftian thing, there will be monsters or, or, or mutated fish you'll find that are more prevalent during night but can crop up when fishing in the day they could just show up randomly but no matter what type of fish you're going after what type of water you're in what time of day none of that matters which is a bummer because the the fishing mechanic is not it's fine it works it's good enough in most games fishing mechanics aren't I, I love fishing in Animal Crossing for example or, or similar games where all you're doing is throwing your lure in the, the water waiting for it to bob and go completely under then pressing a button to hook the fish and then reel them in uh, fighting them as they're uh, against you know fighting against their, their direction which is just saying that out loud now that is a bit more complicated and involved than in dredge where you are just pressing a button to correspond with a a designated space the fact that that's all it ever is so it doesn't matter if you are fishing or going after a shark or a tiny little odd or a squid or a stingray 
If you are in shallow waters, deep waters, coastal waters, volcanic waters, it just doesn't matter. It's a bit of a bummer. It makes the fishing very dull very quickly. And and it, it it's dull because as much as I love fishing in other games, fishing in other games is usually a small slice of a much larger pie. In Animal Crossing, I love fishing, but there's more. Uh, even though I, I I was I was disappointed with the last Animal Crossing because it it in no way really adapted the formula. It just decided to do as it's been doing exactly the same thing again and again and again and again with some additions I did not like. But I love fishing in those games. But you also have digging up fossils, digging up little treasures, doing gardening, collecting fruit, finding this and that, and and talking with people. And, and, you know, there's not that much. But you're still doing more than just fishing. In Dredge, all you're doing is fishing. Yes, you're exploring the world as two, discovering uh, bits about the mystery. And of course, and, and the whole nighttime thing, it, it becomes dangerous. There, there's way more RNG at night. You can come across phantom ships that turn out to be giant sea creatures that will damage your ship. And phantom rocks that you have to, you have to be way more aware of your surroundings when traveling during night because a rock can show up out of nowhere right in front of you and if you don't pay attention you'll damage your hull and then you have to pay to get it repaired but it's it, it just becomes very very samey very quickly and as pleasant and calming and relaxing as the game is it may for some get very old very fast in a bad way because the the mystery it, it, it adds a little something but it doesn't add that much exploring the world isn't as enticing as it should be when i would go seafaring around I never found anything surprising or anything super exciting. It's just like, okay, whatever. Oh, it's nighttime. I better go find a doctor somewhere to sleep until morning. You have an upgrade system. You can upgrade your ship, buy better equipment for it, research better equipment for it, talk to locals, get missions get a few abilities as you're exploring more of it and, and doing odd jobs for this character and that character. And again, very, very pleasant. Very, very relaxing. I'm enjoying it. I'm going to continue playing it. It's a it's an easy game. You can play for an hour or a little less or a little more. Lose track of time because you're just you're doing other things while you're playing it. Great game for Switch. But just know there's not a lot to it. So, you've been warned. I like it. It's pleasant. But it's also very, very, from what I've played so far, lacking in variety and things to do. 
that is Dredge. Then there's God of Rock, which is a mashup of a fighting game and a rhythm game. So it's a fighting game you play uh, in the style of a rhythm game. You have your you and your opponent on screen, health bar and all that kind of jazz. And then on each side, under your character is a sideways, like fret bar or whatever you call it on a guitar, where the notes are coming along. You press the, the buttons as they come down your, your, your side of the screen when they hit a certain part. And that's that. Conceptually, I was very into it because I love rhythm games. I enjoy fighting games. A mashup of the two sounds like it could be fun from at least a gameplay standpoint, but would have one issue that plagues pretty much every rhythm game and, and makes it so that they should not spend too much time on this one aspect and it, it is 100% an issue here though it's not the biggest issue when you are playing a rhythm game because of the nature of what a rhythm game is you have to focus on those notes and pressing the button at the right time and as you ramp up the difficulty you have to really really focus and you can't be distracted by anything else so what this does is it makes everything else that happens in the game take uh, a backseat. And so as, as nice as the game looks, I love the character models. I love the art in general. And it has a pretty decent look through the, the, the spaces you're fighting in. They look pretty good. But you can't appreciate any of that. You can't pay attention to any of that when you were playing the game because you have to focus on the notes. Just like with any other rhythm game, you have to focus on the notes and you can't appreciate the visual, uh, the visuals outside of appreciating them in your peripheral. But even then, you can't really, you, you can't see what's happening so much. So that is the, the immediate and most obvious, I knew it was going to be a negative before I even started playing negative. The game may look good. I, I may like the character art, but it, I, it doesn't matter because I can't appreciate any of it because it is a rhythm game and therefore I have to focus on the fucking rhythm things. But then what makes matters worse is that the rhythm game aspect of it is not great. It is a fighting game and it has a combo system uh, where you can use, you can do special moves to do extra damage to your opponent or, or add a little modifier or dump white notes on their space that they can't get rid of and will do extra damage to them and break their, their combo meter and stuff like that. It's all well and good. However, the combo system, the way you do it is with these extra inputs that you have to do while also still focusing on the notes. What this leads to is an inability you you have to wait for a lull in the notes in order to get this shit done because pressing the buttons that correspond to the notes will cancel your attempted 
combo attack. It's not a combo. Uh, you're you're extra. What do you what do you want? Your, your special moves. Your special moves. The the inputs that you are you are inputting to initiate these special moves. If you don't complete them before another note comes along that you're pressing a button or with, or even if you miss it, then it breaks that combo and it breaks your thing potentially. I, I think if you miss two notes in a row, or maybe three, then it'll cancel your uh, attempt at initiating a special move. So you have to wait for a lull in the rhythm, the, tr the, the regular rhythm game action, in order to input the the directions and everything in order to initiate these special moves what makes the special moves even more frustrating and more tedious and and harder to pull off is that unless some characters may have ones but every single character i've used their their inputs are directions so instead of your traditional like a hadoken you're you're doing a a half quarter or you're doing a quarter turn with the analog stick and then pressing a button. In here, you would have to press down and then press right and then press uh, the right triggers, which you do for your special moves. That That is the, after you after you, you hit your directions, that initiates the action. And that may not seem like it, it would take a lot more time, but it, it does it does take more time and it only takes more and more time the more and more complicated the inputs become so there there's a special ultimate move for the character i was playing as I, I believe his name was angel who i really loved his look and his special i believe was up right down left up right trigger i try to get this fucking input once i never there was never a long enough lull for me to do it without fucking up and it would have been so much easier if if instead of having to press up right down left up right trigger i could just press up and then rotate the analog stick full 360s uh 360 degrees and then press the right trigger then I could have pulled it off. That might be a little bit too easy for that, but then spice it up in, in in the shit you want me to do. But having it be solely directional base, it just it makes it a fucking nightmare to try and get the more complicated moves pulled off. And I just ended up with the characters I use relying on mid to low tier combos and just doing those and doing them over and over and over again so then i would hear the same dialogue related to these special moves i'm doing over and over and over again and it's just it's not a fun game to play you can't appreciate the visuals i like the music there's no licensed music it's all instrumental uh but solid music but it just it, it's an all right idea that does in execution it fucking fails pretty hard sadly and, the, and then also you have your, your little like character quips at the beginning of each fight 
though those are out of sync the lip syncing is way fucking off there which not a big issue but noticeable and a little annoying just a, a disappointing game though one that I was excited about but as soon as I started playing it became more and more evident the more and more I played that it was a decent idea that did not come together to form a decent game maybe round two if they if they wanted to make a God of Rock 2 maybe then but who knows if that'll happen or someone else can try their hand at it then we have Recall which is a super super interesting adventure ish game that I really really like with a very pleasant retro pixel aesthetic that has one issue that fucking kills me and it fucking pisses me off because it's 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 one of those things where it may not bother most people but it bothers me and it ruins the whole thing for me and that is so so the game how it works is that you have the ability or I guess it's because I, I only played about an hour and a half maybe I, I finished the prologue mission and did made it about halfway through or so the the, the first proper mission when you you take on the role of the the main character but the way it works is that so in the 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 the, the prologue you are being interrogated by this head of this corporation and as you're telling the story you are going back into that that memory and you're playing it out but the the choices you make affect the way the story plays out because you are able to by recalling change the outcome change the the way things happen so if there is a green guard guarding the, the door that you're in this room and you do something with a green guard in your memory and your recall, it's going to affect that one that's in the present. So you could, if they're if they're having if they're holding a gun currently, and will kill you if you try and do something in the present, you can do something in your recall that makes it so that they don't have a gun anymore. You can through recalling and having to re because you you will end up redoing missions in part because you have to to discover certain information you can by picking a, a blue guard you you then remove the blue guard that that was stopping you from entering this one room that you couldn't get into without the password and the password is on the floor of that room so you change where they are where they're stationed get into that room discover that password so that in your follow-up recall you can take on the role of a different colored guard that allows you to get to another space but you can also get in there because you have the password and it is a very creative game and i really really like it in how it's designed because it, it it scratches that choose your own adventure itch of having control over where a story goes 
and and being able to go back and try things in a different way and feel like you are in like you have agency in, in how things play out and are able to it gives you a good sense of discovery and it's all great I love it I love it however there is a visual thing it does stylistically that I don't know why it does this I don't know why I can't turn it off but it basically breaks down the screen into three segments and the middle section where you're you're walking around the area like it's the focus of the game so it, all that's it makes sense is crystal clear and sharp and looks great the two outside thirds are both blurry like they're trying to do some kind of fucking bokeh effect bullshit and it's slightly disorientating slightly headache inducing and it made it was giving me a headache the, the more I played and it fucking drove me nuts because I just wanted to turn it off and you can't change the visual settings in in game uh, through the options you have to go to the title screen and I thought I found it and it, it was going to be all good I turned off the visual styles or whatever it's called settings in, in, in the, the main menu but what that did I think was just turn off the CRT type of stylistic things going on did not affect the, the blurring at all and so as much as I really liked what I played and I love the idea of the game and I'm sure it probably only gets they only expand on it more and maybe it gets more tedious because there is a, a type of stealth aspect to it that I could see becoming more and more prominent and maybe a little bit annoying where you're avoiding enemies with the cone of vision in a very old school Metal Gear solid type of way. I can't, I just can't do it. The blur is too much. I love blur, but in this case, I need a little oasis of clear skies. <laughs> Just why? Let me turn off the fucking blur. Give me an update. If I hear there's an update that allows me to get rid of that fucking blur, I'll be all over the game. But unless that happens, until that happens, I just can't. I can't deal with it. Then Tin Hearts is another simple, calming, relaxing game where you play a toy maker who is a ghost or some shit. And you're you're basically just. I get. I haven't played Lemons. I feel like it's Lemons-ish, though, in that you are. Opening up a little toy box where these little tin soldiers come out of, and you are guiding them along a path to a door, that they have to get through in order to complete levels. And how you guide them is through. Placing blocks uh, triangular blocks in the world so that they will you know bounce off them and, or walk into the path and then change their trajectory in some cases there will be designated spots where you can only use certain type of blocks 
as you play more and more and more, you'll be able to use regular blocks freely and place them wherever you want. You will be able to adjust things in the environment like a train, move it along a track that will have uh, a block on uh, one of the beds. You first are stationary and can't move in the space, but then you can walk around the space. So there's an aspect of finding blocks within the space that you can use along the path of the soldiers to get them where they need to go. In some of the levels, there will be extra tins that will you will have to get the soldiers to first to unlock extra blocks for that particular level, or in some cases, they'll unlock an ability. You have the ability to, you will eventually get the ability to pause the game and rewind it so that you, you may need to guide the soldiers to a certain thing that becomes a dead end, but you guide them there to unlock something that stays unlocked, but then you rewind them so that they return to a space where you can then change their path to go back in line and, and towards the goal of that level. And it's, it's all well and good, fine, decent enough but I I wasn't I wasn't super into the whole experience and part of it is that at least on a gamepad it is a little bit clunky to control it was just it was fine it, it was a game that I played and I'm like yeah this is yeah the one once you get the the pause mechanic too it feels it's hard trying to explain exactly what my issue with the game. I, I think my issue ultimately with the game was that as much as I like the, the general setup of the whole thing of, of being this toy maker and guiding these toys and mechanically it's all sound and good. Some of the mechanics they introduced I like the pause thing and everything. It feels like as nice as this whole toy thing is and all that, once you have all these various abilities that allow you to manipulate the world and, and how things play out and, and change the speed and do all this, that you aren't really able to appreciate that the, the, the whole setup and... and style and, and what the game is because you're you're manipulating so much of that it, it, these things it doesn't have to you don't have to be a toy maker you, you don't have to be guy in toys these things could be literally anything because you're you're fucking your 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 powers and all that make it so that they're in no way related to so much uh, the whole toy aspect or any of that so why are these toys they're related to a story with your daughter and this, that, and that I don't... That was not working for me at all. So... It, it's... It's just... It just it's, it's fine. It's whatever. Yeah. Anywho. That, uh... Last 10 hearts, and that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Once again, I'm Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me 
pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. Yeah, of course, you can find all my links of import, the site, the YouTubes, the Patreon, all that jazz over at PXSausage.com. That is again, PXSausage.com. That'll get you everywhere you need to go to get the most from me. Did a, another Patreon Q&A this past weekend. At this rate, the way that one went, uh, they're gonna end up they're gonna end up reaching two hours. Just me BSing with the patrons. They're fun though. I have fun doing the QAs. Q and A's. If you want to get in on a little Q and A, join the Patreon. dot com slash pss. But uh, as always. Thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this year episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and a lovely rest of your week. So for now, adios. Uh, Rivederci. Bye.